back for another episode of the Real Soul Food Podcast, man. I want to thank y'all for listening to the first two episodes, man. I hope y'all really enjoyed it. Those first two episodes, they were pre-recorded, man. So I know like people are like, how can I leave a review? It's not on uh, Apple or whatever. So thing, what happened was I submitted my podcast to Apple and Apple rejected it twice. So I'm like, dude, like... Why y'all rejecting me? Like, everybody else is cool with it. You know, Anchor got it on there, and Spotify got it. I'm like, why y'all rejecting me? So I look into it, and I guess, like, Apple wants you to have, like, a certain amount of episodes before they publish your podcast. So I have to wait. I don't know. I'm going to wait until, like, I drop at least four episodes, and then I'll republish it. to. Well, I'll submit it to them again. In hopes that they'll publish it now and then at that point you know you guys can go on there and leave your reviews if you have anything that you want to say but anybody who's reached out to me personally you know thank y'all thank y'all for listening man you know i was saying it like a lot of i was saying it a lot to like a lot of people before i was uh releasing i was like even if just like one person listens like that's enough for me personally because that's just I mean, that's just the type of guy i am uh, it doesn't having 20,000 views having one having zero like it doesn't really matter like long as I just want the content on the internet so if somebody ever decides to listen to it and I'm like 30 40 years old like hey, it is what it is but I want it's kind of like uh I'm reading the book message to the black man by uh, Elijah Muhammad and he wrote this book in like the 60s but I still feel like it applies to today so I, I kind of like, I want that to be what my podcast is. So like somebody listening to this podcast, 2026, it's like, it may not still apply, but it's still, you still can take something from it. So that's why my podcast is not on Apple. Hopefully, you know, I dropped about four episodes, man. And, you know, I resubmit it and they take it. So, but yeah. Nevertheless, man, I appreciate y'all for listening. Thank y'all for tuning back in, man, for another episode of the Real Soul Food Podcast. So, man, today we switching gears. We're talking about accountability amongst men, accountability for, you know, for men when they interact with women, when they're in a relationship with women. So today is going to be, you know, a little different, man. This episode is about us as a collective, you know, men, women, children, old, young, whatever. I titled it What's on Your Plate because I feel like whatever is on your plate is going to affect you sooner or later, whether you realize it or not. And I'm not focusing on external factors like stress, money, you you might might have issues with money or you may have issues at work, like, you know, just things affecting like everything around you. You feel me? And also, I'm gonna try not to say, uh, you know, what I'm saying like too much. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm working on that. I really, when I re-listened to like the first two episodes, I was like, dang, I'm saying that a lot. I don't know if anybody else noticed, but I did. So yeah. So this one, like I said, it's like I'm not focusing on like the external factors around you. I'm more focused on literally what's on your plate. Literally the food that you're putting on your plate when you come take a seat at this table at the real soul food podcast man i'm looking at your plate you feel me i love soul food don't get it twisted you feel me i love southern cooking but it has a harsh reality 
that I think we should consider. There's a history behind this Southern cuisine and there's there's certain circumstances that we're dealing with in this present time. And there are things that we can do going forward to avoid high rates of high blood pressure, heart disease, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like there's certain things that we can do as a collective to slow to slow the to slow that monster down. So to kick it off, man, I gotta take it back to slavery, man. It's bad time. You feel me? Horrible time. But it's it's significant in this conversation because well, okay. First off, our history doesn't start with slavery. Alright? I just want I just want to throw that in there. Our history does not start with slavery. As people of color, you know, we've been walking this earth for centuries, way before the transatlantic slave trade began. And, you know, yeah, you know, you heard what happened during slavery or you may have not. You may have heard it a hundred times. So I guess like I'll be kind of like beating a dead horse with the conversation. But what I want to focus on is the significant events that began during this unfortunate time for us and for and for our ancestors and resulted in our appetite for soul food. So. Or, you know, I, I really don't I really don't want to go down the road of like what was going on with slavery. But I feel like it's it's a it's one of those conversations that you have to have because I feel like I, I feel like a lot of times it gets swept up under the rug. Like what was really going on, like the real true reality of what was going on for human beings living in this country. You know, people getting kidnapped, people getting tortured, people getting abused, people being forced to work from five, four or five in the morning to eight, eight, nine o'clock at night. It's like that's that's inhumane. It like extended periods of time, and then when you come back, you're fed scraps or you're you're fed little to nothing. That's what would be given to the slaves. That's where we get foods like chitlins, chicken livers, fat back, pig feet. You know what I'm saying? We love it. I real like even when I was a kid, and you know, if my dad listened to this, he's gonna be mad, but my dad don't eat pork. But I used to love pig feet. Like go to the candy lady, I will always get either a hot sausage or I get pig feet. I loved it. That, that was just me. So don't think like I'm perfect and like I, I never ate this stuff. Well, I mean, honestly, I've never had chitlins, but yeah, I, I used to, I, I honestly enjoyed uh, pig feet. So, I mean, okay, so how I look at it is when I look back at that time and, and you know, realize like people waking up four o'clock in the morning, working till nine o'clock at night, expecting a meal but probably not giving given a meal. And if they were given a meal, it was undes, undes, undesirable cuts of meat, right? So I feel like that's something I appreciate about our history. And what I appreciate is the fact that you, you at, this was going on for long periods of time, right? And these people were still, our people would still get up and they'll still try their best to put in those long hours to to avoid any type of punishment 
and they would eat this food and they turned, you know, these undesirable cuts of meat into food that you enjoy to eat. So, although it's a sad time to think about, it also gives you perspective into the resiliency of the people, of our people who had to endure slavery. For these same individuals, like, they had to look over their shoulders all the time, walking on eggshells, and they were stripped of their natural capabilities to appease someone else. You know, they had their own language, they had their own culture, they had their own way of life, and that's been stripped of you when you were placed on a boat and brought over here. And, you know, forced to speak a language that's not your native language. So, and then amongst ourselves, we attempted, like, we, we, you know, there was an attempt to keep high spirits. Even though it was such a bad time, such a heinous time, you know, you would hear those stories, you know, singing in the fields, you know, just just to try to uh, lighten up the environment. You know, to put a couple smiles on a couple people's faces, we just start singing. You feel me? Praying together. You know, and then the act of us actually assimilating, assimilating ourselves into Western society. But now, I feel like we face similar hardships, but the chains and the shackles, they've been removed. Let's focus, let's focus on the present, what's occurring in 2019. So as black people, we make up, as African-Americans, we make up 13% of the population. But when you look at the numbers for people with high blood pressure and diabetes and stuff like that, we have disproportionately high occurrences of this stuff, of obesity, of childhood obesity, hypertension. Like I said, diabetes, you know, heart disease, we have disproportionately high occurrences of this stuff. And even recent studies show that 75% of black people develop high blood pressure by the age of 55. But realize the food that we indulge in, bro, like it's high in fat, it's high in salt, it's high in sugar. But Rick, bro, it tastes so good, man. You know what I'm saying? And I feel you. I can't take that from you. It's good. I would never say stop eating soul food, man. Stop eating the food that we as 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 black people created. But you also got to realize it's slowly killing us and it's starting in earlier periods of our lives. Disproportionately high occurrences of childhood obesity. Only one person that makes me think about is Lil Terrio. And when I tell you, like I remember on Vine, you know, Lil Terrio be the funny, you know, the funny kid, you know, you know, 
And now I I, don't, I haven't seen it recently on social media, but like I don't know, probably like last year or something. I seen him on there, and I was like, wow, like that kid, he got bigger. Like it's it's, but I don't know. It just I guess it's something to laugh at or whatever. But that's what I mean when I say you know childhood obesity. So, and then also. Since 2014, the life expect the life expectancy for white and black people have decreased. It may not be like huge, like oh my god, it was at a certain point it just dropped down six seven percent. But it's it's just the fact that it's happening, and food isn't the sole reason why. Various factors, you know, are the reason why. But heart disease still remain still remains number one. So one solution that I personally noticed and you know you may have noticed it too is I see like I see like a lot of black owned vegan spots now and they popping up you know in bigger cities and you know it's like honestly surprised I even follow a lady on Instagram and like she she started like a uh, like a vegan soul food cookbook type thing. And like, you know, she like show you what she cooking and everything. And it looks, it actually looks good. Like she make collard greens, mac and cheese, all of that. So it's like, it's not like it's impossible. It's kind of like you still putting that same flavor. You still putting that same, you still putting that same soul into it. It's just, you, you're not using certain things that's high in salt, high in fat. That's, you know, that's going to hurt you in the long run. So what I'll say to that is like, let's value and support those establishments. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they're, they're putting that same, like I said, they're putting that same flavor. They're putting that same soul into what they're cooking. It's just something different. And I mean, come on now, let's experience some new things. Like I know just recently, I just, I, I ain't gonna say I was against it, but like I had just recently tried Indian food. And like I would pass Indian restaurants all the time. It just wasn't something. It just wasn't a place that I would stop and eat at. But like when I ate it, I was like, "This is really good." Like I've been missing out. It's kind of like it's it's a lot of it's a lot of different cultures that we don't that I personally didn't try, and like I just recently started trying them, and it's actually good. Like I'm I'm honestly surprised. It sound bad. I ain't gonna, that that kind of sound bad. But hey, look, I tried them, and I would say I, I I can't really recommend what to eat at a vegan at a Indian restaurant. But still, so yeah, man, just experience new things. Like if you see that there's a black-owned vegan spot, like just try it out. You know, ask them what's their what's the best thing they got on the menu. What's their favorite thing? Try it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. You feel me? Yeah. But realize this when you ride through a predominantly black area what type of restaurants do you typically see you know it's always a mcdonald's it's always a little chicken spot with its kfc churchies popeyes whatever and we have we have enough of those you feel me they're not franchised by what i don't know but a lot of times they're not franchised by someone you know or someone you even heard of. So we don't even own it. It's in our neighborhood, but like nobody has their hands on it. Somebody outside of our neighborhood has their hands on it and they're profiting off of it, off of you. 
But if you have someone, you know, in that same neighborhood start their own restaurant, support them. You hear me? Support those black-owned restaurants and give them feedback on what they can work on. Be a little patient because, like, literally nobody's perfect. You feel me? Like, if, if it's an up-and-coming restaurant, you know, they, they need the feedback so they know what they need to work on. They know what y'all taste buds are looking for. So they know they got to do this. They know they got to do that. But if they don't get that feedback, if it's just you just don't show back up again, it's like now they don't know what to work on. Now they don't get business. Then they shut down. So if you if there's something wrong, there's something you see that they can do better, just, you know, let them know. Give them that feedback. But we have people sticking their necks out to provide this nutritious food, but we're not supporting them. We're not giving them that chance. Support the black-owned restaurants, man. Support black business. It's something, you know, we got to start circulating that dollar in our neighborhoods, man. We have big enough neighborhoods to where you can place it there and you can try it out and you, you know, help them profit, help them grow, so, you know, we just keep that money flowing right there, man. So, we can't rebuild if we're not patient with one another. And that's what I mean when I say giving them that feedback, giving them that time to, you know, improve. And if it's like I said, if it's something that you don't like, just, you know, let them know. So they can improve and they can make it better. And hopefully next time you go back, it's better. If not, then hey, you just got to, you know, hey, wipe your hands. Keep it moving. If that's what you want to do, I'm not going to stop you. But I at least give it that chance and hopes that it will grow. And hopes that they're going to hear you out and they will improve. So to cap it off, man, again, like... Food isn't the sole reason we're dealing with our life expectancy rates decreasing, but it plays a role. And something I want us to do, and I'm still doing it myself, is educating educating ourselves. You feel me? Unlearning the bad habits and relearning new skills. Like, we got to have, we got to go back to like that village mentality, you know? Like, I know, like, I remember talking to my mom. And like she was telling me how like at her job, like all I, I, don't, I don't know if it's just women, but a lot of the women came together and it was like we, you know, we gonna start this whole challenge to lose weight. We can all, you know, challenge each other to lose weight. I don't know if it was like somebody get first place, whoever lose the most weight get first place, second place, third place, whatever. But it's just the fact that they all came together, they all, you know, collaborated together, and it was like. We gonna do this together as a unit, instead of like, oh, I'm just go out and do it by myself and see see what I see what the results are. It's kind of like we gonna support each other, we gonna motivate each other. You know, everybody in here is eating healthy. Everybody in here is drinking water. Like we all see it happening together. If you have any tips, you can give me some tips. If not, then you know, just the fact that you're doing it, and you're a part of it, is enough. So you know, we can. As a community, we can do that. It's just kind of, you got to just take that first step and, you know, make that lifestyle change for yourself. And if you want to give out those tips to the next person, 
like your coworker, like your neighbor or your family member, then do it. You know, they, they may not want to ask you for that help. You know what I mean? But if you taking that step and you, and you putting in that, that extra work and you, you start finding recipes that you add your own little spice to, and it tastes good. It tastes just as good or it tastes better. Pass it on to the next person. They may like it too. Or they may add their own little spice to it. Also, also, uh, I want, I want like, no matter your age, like if you, if you're at a point where I, I mean, I think like a majority of my listeners 20 and up. So you go to the doctor by yourself and go get that checkup, go get that physical. So you're, so you're aware of where your health stands. Like to me, like food is one aspect that we can control. You can, you can control what's on your plate. As much you as much as you may think you can, you really can. You can control what's on your plate, but some things are uncontrollable, and some of those things can become detrimental to your future, to your life. So ignoring the status of your health just makes you vulnerable to those health conditions, to cancers, to diabetes, to high blood pressure. And so what I want for you is just to make those necessary lifestyle changes that you can incorporate into your daily life. It may be baby steps like swapping out water for soda or fruit for chips and crackers. You feel me? But it's all necessary for your future. Realize that it's necessary for your future, not anyone else's. So if you make the change, it's for your lifestyle. And any any uh any like success that you get out of it, any positivity that you that stems from it, you can pass it on to the next person. Share with them what type of share with them the positivity that you've seen from it to it, it hopes that it motivates them. One thing that I that I like is like exercising with my family. You know, like when I go to the gym with like my uncles or my cousins, like we end up lifting weights, like it's, it's fun. Like it's, it's motivating. Like we end up pushing each other and, you know, just, just doing stuff like that. Like exercising with your family. Or if you have a spouse, you're married, you have a girlfriend, go exercise with her or him. You know, even if it's not going to the gym, going for a walk, running, swimming, hiking, you know, like just, just doing, just, you know, just doing little things that eventually can grow into bigger things. You know, everything, you know, even if you make that one little small change, it may turn into something big. It may turn into something huge. You you may see those 30 pounds fall right off of you. Or if you've been running miles for so long and you start running it with your spouse or your family member, your time just go to dropping because y'all motivating each other. You feel me? So working out with your spouse, 
working out with your kids, uh, working out with your coworkers. Like I, you know, when I reference what my mom and her coworkers are doing, even if they're not working out together, they just motivate each other. You feel me? It's just that motivation. It's just that camaraderie, just being together, you know, unifying together to motivate each other. So you don't feel alone while you, while you're making this change. So even if like, you know, you and your coworkers aren't that close or, you know, you may not have anybody to reach out to, like, ah, just ask. You never know. Just ask, collaborate, inspire one another, man. Hold each other accountable. Y'all know that's my signature word, accountability, man. But make those lifestyle changes, family. Protect your heart, not just from emotional heartbreak, but from physical strain of your heart trying to pump blood through your body, man. Protect it. With everything in you, protect it. We avoiding heart attacks, strokes, kidney failure. It don't matter. We avoiding all that for the rest of this year and any year going forward, 2020, 2021, 2022. It don't matter. We avoided it, man. Studies show, like real studies show, man, time and time again, that lifestyle changes, whatever you trying to do, lifestyle changes can improve your health and it reduces your risk for those health complications, man. You can avoid it. Making just simple changes. Even if, like I said, even if it's something small as you drink soda every day, you swap it out for water. That's something. It's something. You just have to make a conscious decision to take those baby steps into changing your eating habits and your drinking habits. Like for me personally, anybody who knows me personally, they know I lost a whole bunch of weight and everybody was shocked. Like, bro, where did all the weight go? Blah, 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 man. And I personally, like it was a conscious decision for me. Uh... I think I was on the edge of like high blood pressure or something like that. Something the doctor was telling me when I had first got out of college and I was looking at him like, what? Like, I thought I was the, you know, I thought I was healthy. You know, I thought I was good. And yeah, he told me like, um, I cannot remember. It was something like it was, it was, it was abnormally high for my age. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, I, when he told me that, I was like, I had to make some lifestyle changes. So I, I cut red meat. Uh, yeah, I cut red meat and I, I cut pork. I never, I never really ate pork like that. But I was like, I'm not touching it ever again. So like, I cut red meat, I cut pork. And I just treated the whole process like I was riding a bike. Because like everything was so new to me from the cooking to drinking more water to making smoothies to eating just eating different food trying turkey sausage more often and eating oatmeal more often like i treated the whole process like riding a bike but once i got the hang of it once i got the hang of cooking once i got the hang of drinking water every day once i got the hang of eating more vegetables like i started to feel and see the benefits and at that point it was all worth it to me and then from there that turned into like this is just my lifestyle now. Like I, like when people when people see me eating now, they're like, "Oh, well, you must be on a diet." And I'm like, "Nah, I'm really not. Like this is literally what I eat. 
like this is it like i i prefer to eat ground turkey like at this point like if i eat ground beef like it so much phlegm builds up in my chest and i'm just like oh yeah no this is why i don't eat it anymore then because i'm i'm still human like it's been times so where i've still ate it you know like you know you go to family barbecues and all that so yeah man I, like i said i treated it like i was riding a bike and it's just those baby steps, man. It's just the small things. Like, even if you can't make a complete 360, because I'm never going to tell somebody to, like, clear their whole cabinet and go buy this, go buy that. Like, nah, people got bills. <laughs> people got bills. People dealing with this. People dealing with that. People got kids, man. People got their own lifestyles they got to deal with. So, like, I'm never going to be that guy. Because another thing is like whenever it's like somebody come ask me like how I did it, I'm never tell like I I'm not one for the whole starving yourself for like 12 hours. I can't do that. Like I feel like you can eat. It's just eating the proper foods, eating foods that's gonna nourish your body. Eating those fruits, eating those vegetables, and laying off the chips, laying off the snack cakes. Like it's just it's just swapping stuff out. That's it. That's how that's how it was for me at least. So treat it like riding a bike, man. It's and when I tell you at the end, man, it's worth it. Like it really is. At this point, I feel I feel the best. I I feel like I'm at my best now. Like I played football my whole life, and I feel like the weight I'm at. And the frame I have now, I feel like this is the most athletic I've ever felt. And this is the most athletic I've ever been in my actual life. So today, um, yeah, we cutting the music, man. Uh, this one, probably not going to hit as hard as the other ones. I mean, this is going to be like pretty short and sweet. I just like for me I know this is one thing that I dealt with it's like people questioning why I was changing my eating habits and like I was like always feeling judged like people be like oh oh you oh, you a vegan now but you Muslim or something like that. I was like bro like it ain't even that deep like I you know this is just something that I wanted to do for myself you feel me so stop questioning why somebody is changing their eating habits bro like stop judging people who don't eat certain meats or who don't eat meat at all like that's their body that's their choice like it's normal to enjoy our soul food but realize that you need to enjoy it in moderation like i don't want us and i said it earlier in the episode i don't want us to cut it out completely like soul food was a means of survival at a point but it was also a celebratory meal it's not meant for daily consumption and our reality now and like the health complications that we're dealing with as a collective now is the result of daily comp- of daily consumption. And I feel like there are alternatives, but and those alternatives are like, you know, making those lifestyle changes, visiting vegan restaurants, trying out different food, but pushback from like your peers or family members or just from society in general in general that can hinder someone from making that change now it can completely stop all of their progress because they don't want to hear you you know what i'm saying bash them for the changes that they're making 
So here at the Real Soul Food Podcast, man, we starting a new wave, bro. We're, we're rebuilding from the inside out. And that's, that refers back to our accountability episodes, and it refers to now. The food that you're putting inside of your body, the thoughts that you're thinking in your head, like, let's try and make them more positive. Let's try and make them the best that they can be for our futures. You know what I'm saying? For my people who try to make those lifestyle changes or thinking about it, like the saying is step out on faith, right? So here's your opportunity. This is your opportunity. Be mindful. And I want people to be mindful. If you have children, be mindful of what your children are eating, man. They steady eating fast food all the time. Like realize that a lot of that food is not real food, man. And for like people my age and older, you know, like your parents are um, steady getting older. So try to be mindful of what they're eating. And if your grandparents are still alive, be mindful of what they're eating. So I want to thank y'all for taking a seat at the table, man. I hope you enjoyed that real soul food, man. I hope y'all enjoyed the episode, What's on Your Plate. And when this bad boy end up on Apple, please still leave a rating. Please still leave a review. Follow us on Spotify, man. Reach out on the Anchor app. Share the SoundCloud link. Until I get on Apple, man, share that SoundCloud link, man. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and IG at Real Soul Food P-O-D. That's Real Soul Food Pod. I'm out. Peace.